electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Good Friday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber at the New York Stock Exchange. The market will surge for levels of critical support this morning as futures are down 500 plus. Ongoing fears. Two thirds of the Dow's gains from all of last year are gone. Europe down 4%. Consumer spending in France and Switzerland negative in January. And then twos. Threes and five-year yields are now being measured in basis points. The Dow plummeting 3,200 points in a week. That is the worst for stocks since the crisis. Yesterday, it experienced the biggest one-day point drop ever, 1,190 points. As we approach the end of the red February for stocks, the Dow is the weakest of the three major indices, down almost 9% month to date. Uh, Goldman, again this morning, Jim, saying they don't think this is over and that buying the dip is, in their words, riskier this time. Well, there's no doubt about it that there's a part of the S&P, uh, and it's very good to look at uh, individual uh, stocks here, that are just not viable. And I think that anything that's involved with travel, uh, leisure, uh, autos, autos slowing down, housing, because housing's slowing down. Uh, and I don't think if the Fed cut rates, it would matter. Uh, but we do need to talk about something that Lee Cooperman and I have always talked about, which is that the, the algos are in charge. I mean, I noticed this morning at three. What am I doing up at three? Um, the, um, the, the bond interest rates were way down and the futures were, of course, way down. And is that what, the, what people should be reacting to at three? And the answer is, yeah. I mean, these guys are around the clock. They do. Uh, they don't make any sense to me. They trade almost methodically. It's the opposite of what we heard Warren Buffett on Monday. I want to go against them. I want to pick stocks. Uh, last time I had a list of stocks that do very well when you stay at home. They should be bought. You've got a basket of uh, pandemic stocks. You rolled it out last yeah. night. I mean, you look at a Zoom video, okay? Um, and that's uh, Eric Yuan. Uh, his company is set up so you can work at home. Ring Central set up so you can work at home. I mean, Teladoc, set up so you can use it at home. Etsy, so you can make it at home. Square is at home. Trade Desk is what you watch when you cord cut at home. You don't watch unless it's like March Madness. You don't watch it in, on TV at the office. Shopify is what you buy and make at home. So I don't know whether you sell Etsy, buy and make at home, all remote. But the futures will sell them because we are decoupling from what the market has been like, like for a long time. And we're going back to the market that Lee and I remember at Goldman Sachs, which is that there's certain stocks that make sense, but they're all going to be taken down by the futures. Trade Desk had such a good number last night. Well, you, you, and I have to do individual stocks. It's what I do for a living. And these companies are hoping that they're not saying, listen, we want more coronavirus. No one's really in favor of it. You did the old wag. What's that? When I was at Goldman Sachs. <laughs> Well, it was a, a little levity here. It was a, I had hair, man. The old wee wag. I um, had hair. Can we just admit? OK, 
Um, I did want to come back to the yields because even though many people would say it's appropriate to have a 10-year yield now that is 1.193, it is still stunning to watch. Uh, um, By the way, the credit markets where, you know, you always want to take a look. I'm hearing nothing of any great significance. Choppy in terms of buying and selling, perhaps, but new issuance is fine. If this is just not an issue. I'm yet not hearing that at markets. all. I'm not hearing that at all. Wait, you're hearing it is an issue? Yes. Oh, I'm not. Oil and gas. All right. Any? All right, separate. Separate. What, are we going to ask well, for it? I mean, we yeah, yeah, ask highly leveraged small operators with, yes. Okay. But they're going to go. I'm well, talking more broadly speaking about if you're trying to raise debt for an LBO, if you were trying to, uh, well, just if you're trading. It, if you've got P, current yes, commitments P out okay. there, they are going to be P met. is okay. Um, you're talking about the one part of the of the world that, but it's a domino that is close already. Hey, let's even take in a good economy, right? But let's take well, a company um, like Chesapeake. I mean, just Chesapeake is far ranging. They have a huge amount of pipe. Uh, if they go, if they file reorganization, they're not going to need the pipe. We're washing oil. Uh, all the, we're washing natural gas. The last few years have been about building a part of the country with the best employment, the Permian, and we don't need it. So I agree with you that overall credit and, and balance sheets so much better. And no one wants to admit that those balance sheets are really no, great. We're not, we're, not at, we, we're not at the point where that's got to be a concern. It's but, much but, more about valuations in the stock market, economic right. activity, well, what's going to be impacted. What we don't know, of course, which is so much larger than what we do know in terms of what that's going to end up being here. But, in the but would it matter to you if, if, let's say, the top five natural gas companies file for reorganization? I'm not going to mention their names. That's ridiculous. Would it matter what? to you? No, not really. Really? I mean, what are the knock-on effects? How large is it? Is it really going to sh- – uh, it's not going to drill a hole headline, in anybody's balance headline sheet? Risk. Headline well, risk. Headline uh, yeah, risk. Here's where it gets interesting now. Our CapEx decisions in focus. Is Very this good. journal story about Cisco layoffs something that's going to be the tr- a trend? Cisco right? needed to lay them off. I mean, Chuck Robbins has had a couple bad quarters. And uh, they've got to be able to, they have to reconfigure. I like the, remember, they're enterprise. And the enterprise strategy for 5G is not till next year. They have very good, by the way, WebEx for uh, working at home, uh, run by Amy Chang. I think that's a good division. But you really want to ask, is it bought at home? Because that's where we're going to work from. So does that mean that (laughs) that classic consumer staples are no longer defensive? No, I think that they're okay. I mean, I think that... All right. So my wife yesterday, what does she do? She listens to the CDC, not the president, and goes and gets all the things she needs. Uh, and I come home and piled high on my counter are all the things that the CDC recommends. And when you look at other than record being uh, being Ben Kalzer. Yeah. Okay? Ben Kieser. Ben Kieser. Yeah. Um, you they're all the things that you want. Campbell's soup. Uh, Kellogg. Yeah. Uh, these matter. Non-perishables. Well, this is non-perishables. So I think people non-perishables are great. People are filling up the pantry. That's, uh, well, well how, how can you not when the CDC on their website? Right. I mean, they, the president may be able to be at odds with some of the people who are at CDC and, and put uh, Vice President Pence involved. But the CDC page, which tells you what to do, I'm just following them. I understand. And I, that's I, I wanna, Can I come back to oil and gas for a second? Because I, sure. you know, you're making 
they were walking dead, a lot of these names you're talking about already, Jim. It was just a matter of what might knock them off entirely. Well, if you shoot we're them right in the head, if you shoot them in the head, David, right here, right. you know, it's the arrow, if you have a, or you're probably not familiar with the actual show. I, I did watch, uh, strangely, I did watch many of the shows a well, year and a half ago when we were in Japan. Well, remember when they kept trying to get hotel room for some reason. They kept trying to get to the CD. Do they? Do you think they're like the president? They kept trying to get to the CDC, and when they got there, there was nothing. No, my point is that that the headline risk of producers that we've never heard of down in the in the in in the Permian or somewhere else going bankrupt is not that significant. Okay, I'll, I'll, because I'm going to agree with him. Been stress I'm, companies for quite some time. I'm going to go with you. I, I don't know why. I, I kind of like my theory, but interest rates just went up again. <laughs> the bonds just went up again. And so interest rates went down. Yes. So it does make me feel like, okay, there's so many other issues. Balance sheet, balance sheet, balance sheet. How are the airlines? How's the cruise ships? Do they matter to you? I guess they don't matter. Well, uh, this morning, um, Deutsche cuts them all to hold. Yeah. But uh, they, they do say, even after the early. declines of the past 10 days, we cannot realistically recommend buying them. We wouldn't sell them. We wouldn't short them. But a multi-year earnings risk is becoming a greater threat. Yeah, I would sell them. That you you need, would sell them. Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of people need cash to be able to buy the good balance sheet companies. Look, I, there's not going to be a lot of travel and leisure. And, you know, these companies, they have their better balance sheets. But you have to cut numbers. Every time a number's been cut, I keep waiting for a situation where a number's been cut and a stock stops. Uh, the numbers are going to be cut. We have, uh, st- if you look at Stiefel today, uh, they're cutting oils uh, dramatically. Uh, if you, I mean, I was reading that piece about the about the, the cruise ships. I, it, not where to go. You mean the Deutsche? The Deutsche. Yeah. you've been yeah. talking about cruise ships now for about three three weeks. Yeah, and I've saved you a fortune. In, in a negative. Okay, yeah. I saved you an absolute fortune. That's yep. my job right yep. now. And uh, when you look at uh, the cruise ships, they don't come out and tell you what the cancellations are, but they're they're ground zero. And I, I think that, that the Japanese uh, cruise ship may have been one of the worst things we, I've, we, I've ever seen. Reports of another death on that ship uh, today. Really? I do want to mention, because it's, there are elements of um, hope here today. Starbucks' Kevin Johnson tweeted yesterday, 85% open in China. Well, do you want to, okay, let's take Disney, all right? Numbers are too high because of the theme parks. Bob Iger left. Tokyo Disney's closed. Right. Disney Plus, very good. Do you yes. think it, well, Disney balance sheet, Good, not as good as it used to be. Fine, not a concern Fine. in any way. So, why would you buy Disney all the way back to where it was before they announced unbelievable numbers? You know, it's seven points from there. You're not that far from from buying Disney where uh, they first warned about ESPN back in 2015. So, so why not buy it? Why not start a Disney position for your kids? I, I mean, I've got a, a 25 and, and 28. Now they're not dependents upon me. And they, I think they know I have a show. Not quite sure. But I, I hope that they use their substantial cash position and put it to work. I mean, How about a are, quarter? How about a quarter of their money? We're right How about near a quarter the of the levels money? where, we, where he, they first started warning about ESPN. Remember so August how, of 15. If, if you're watching this show and you're buying, your kid is two, and you know this is going to pass someday, you buy half of Disney right now at the half. And then you let it go for whatever horrible news. And be prepared for a decline of whatever else we, comes. Well, yeah. look, we haven't had any world leaders yet uh, succumb. The, the Iranian, Iran seems to approach this thing uniquely. Uh, what? 
anything we mention now, I get texts from various hedge fund managers telling me the opposite. At least? Yeah. It's really? Fun. Oh, 40% of the value of Disney is theme parks, which could be closed soon. Well, all of the Asian well, parks are closed. I'm not going to tell oh, you. Oh, that guy's 40%. Okay, <laughs> that, that person thinks the theme parks, parks will never open again. Right, right. And they are going to be like the Diamond Princess. I Maybe agree. tell me that he people thinks want, the Diamond people, Princess. People want to pile on. There's a lot. That was of, not the love panic boat out there, man. There is. No, there is panic. So is panic a good strategy? How about this? Take a quarter of your money and buy it. Buy some panic. If you have to sell some airlines, sell, sure. if you have to sell some travel and leisure, how many things have you canceled? I haven't canceled anything yet. Well, you were never going anything because you never do anything. I canceled. I canceled. I'm trip, supposed to actually, which travel I'm angry twice about. Next two weeks. And then I thought that the Olympics. I was thinking about taking a week off because my show's not on. And now I'm thinking. I'm not. You might be here. Where am I going to go? Right. <laughs> I, where am I going to go? I'm One of my Disney. twelve houses, David. Yeah, I think you're going to start shuttling amongst the different basements in those houses. Every one of them has to have, uh, you know what they're going to have? What? Delvita. Delvita. Yeah, because then if it comes through, even, you know, it, that stuff is, works well you're gonna, in a well, coronavirus. You're ready for, you've got your bunker ready, I'm sure. I do have my bunker ready. Uh, Leesman, of course, has been on Squawk all morning with uh, Kevin Warsh talking about a 100% chance of a March cut, according to futures contracts, uh, and now some news on Bullard. Hey, Steve. Hey, uh, Carl. St. Louis Fed President Jim Bullard out with comments just now on Fed policy and the coronavirus. Sounding as if he's leaning against any near-term rate cut. Here's a quote. Further policy rate cuts are a possibility if a global pandemic actually develops with health effects approaching the scale of ordinary influenza. But this is not the baseline case at this time. Bullard said the Fed is monitoring the virus, but is in, quote, a good position because of previous rate cuts put in place to cushion the economy against adverse shocks. He said last year's rate cuts still working their way through the U.S. economy. Bullard said he expects China's first quarter growth to be impacted by the virus, but the effects on other countries will be smaller. Now, while Bullard and other officials seem to be leaning against this idea of immediate cuts, futures markets pricing in those cuts much more aggressively. Take a look at this. As Carl said, 100% chance of a 25 basis point cut, but this is new now. A 71% chance that the Fed actually goes 50 at its meeting next month. And then looking ahead, if you take that second cut there, that second cut 60% priced in for April, 59% chance of a third cut in June, 62% chance. Now, this is also new of a fourth cut in December. Now, former Fed Governor Kevin Warsh on Squawk this morning reiterating his support for coordinated global rate cuts, a position apparently not yet shared by current Fed officials. Carl? This is a biological crisis. It is not a financial crisis. What has been lacked is coordinated effort and leaders speaking to each other. It's been abysmal. Uh, The WHO, which seems to be owned by China, abysmal. I don't care. I don't give a hoot what the Fed does. It's a biological crisis. And that's what you've got. I'm watching what Dr. Fauci says. And they could cut rates to zero, and it doesn't mean a damn. What we need is a vaccine, and we need something to get you out of the hospital. I care more about Gilead than I care about Jay Powell. Because that's what it's about. It's biological. And if we decide, you know, they could take rates, they could give us uh, each $1,000 from Bloomberg, of you course. Sound, you sound it, just like Steve. Steve this morning said, what, at what level of interest rate would I be willing, Steve, didn't you? 
uh, be, would be willing I, to go look, to a rock concert and risk boy, uh, contagion. I take my cue on the Fed from Jim a lot because no one has his ear more to the ground and what companies are saying than Jim does. He was early and right on the rate on the reversal last year. Um, and now that Jim is not out there calling for the Fed to cut rates, that plays very strongly in my view. I will also add to that that a lot of people who I talk to, Carl, who would otherwise be on board with the efficacy and the need for a Fed rate cut are leaning against that this time because of this idea. You know, if, if, if the problem is people are not going to go to concerts, is there a level of interest rates that would force me, and you know I'm a big music fan, to go to a show if the risk on the backside of that is the coronavirus? Or is there an interest right. rate that would cause those planes that United just said are not flying to uh, Tokyo to get back on board? So I take my cue from Jim on this not calling for these Fed rate cuts. Yeah, I don't yeah. really care. I mean, I do care. The Chinese who have been, I think, totally bad actors in this. Uh, they're doing something that is really unbelievable, which is they're on live people. They're testing vaccines. You're supposed to do that very slowly because you could kill people. They obviously are in a different kind of situation in a different country. They are, they are not doing any of the things that is protocol in this country. No, they're not. But the fact is that if you look at their ability to actually mitigate in terms of new uh, infections, they've been successful in part because of some of the things you talk about that we cannot do here right. or that other democracies Singapore as well. Do. And they can't track you with your mobile phone, no, for right. example. Come to your workplace. We're a free society. Say, we saw where you were. You were with people who can, might have been infected. Leave work. Right. And they have they, We can't do that We here. can't do that. But they are, um, they're likely to come up with a vaccine instead of 18 months. Remember, you're giving healthy people a disease. That's not what we do in this country. Now, they are giving it to some people who have mild. And then after a few, we don't know how many weeks, not months, they then give them a total blast of coronavirus. We can't do what, that. Where are you hearing all this, by the way? I spent all the time doing this. Really? Yeah. Well, so how confident about, that's the case. Oh, yeah. Okay. How about uh, Mulvaney's being interviewed at CPAC? And we'll, uh, we'll get to Eamon Javers in a moment. But one of the headlines on the tape is that schools may need to be closed. Right. Would well, we there be, you go. Would that, would be that? Good. that would be a buying opportunity for some because that's wow. not the age group. And maybe it's professors. The is doctor, it too late to just restrict students? travel from Italy and, and yeah. South Korea and Japan? No, you got to do the that. The same way that we did with it, China. Well, and conceivably remember, because we are actually still not okay. at any point where we're seeing clusters of, of the virus. No, but Dr. Fauci said from the very beginning, our goal is to slow how long it takes for that to happen. He's never said it won't happen. That's what the president, I think, is saying. And I think a lot of people are unnerved between what the CDC is saying and the president saying. Uh, and I think that the professionals are CDC. He may think they're worrying, so, like, put it in a different tone. But uh, I come back and say, look, we are trying to get uh, antivirals, and they're giving people... I'm working on a drug, all right? It's a very benign drug. It's going to help a lot of people. I can't get past, to, in order to get this thing going, and it, I think it's really well vetted, it, it's already seven months behind. These people in China are violating every protocol we have because it's an authoritarian country to give people these viruses. That takes, that's like giving the Tuskegee soldiers uh, uh, syphilis. But in China, they're not caring. Uh, let's get some more context on what Mulvaney has said this morning. For that, we will turn to Eamon Javers. Eamon, good morning. Carl, as you mentioned, the acting chief of staff here at the White House has been speaking at the conservative organization CPAC this morning. He was asked, he said, about calming the markets today. And here's what he said. 
I got a note today from a, from a, from a reporter saying, what are you going to do today to calm the markets? And I'm like, really, what I might do today to calm the markets is tell people to turn their televisions off for 24 hours. So that's Mulvaney. Uh, obviously, at, at CPAC, you know, this is sort of a, a very conservative organization. That's where you'd be expected to throw some red meat about the media. Uh, Mulvaney appears to be doing that there. But he also tried to put all this in context in terms of other outbreaks that we've seen around the world. Here's what he said on that point. Is it real? It absolutely is real. There is no question about it. But you saw the president the other day. The flu is real. At any particular time, 20 million people in this country are going to have the flu. The flu kills people. It does. This is not Ebola, okay? Um, and, and I'll tell you what that means in a sense. It's not SARS. It's not MERS. So, Carl, what's the White House's message for this morning? Well, I'm not tracking any sort of major announcement designed to calm the markets today uh, from administration officials. We do expect to see Larry Kudlow on television at 1030 this morning. Uh, I'm not expecting to hear uh, from Steven Mnuchin, the Treasury Secretary, for example, this morning in terms of public engagements either. Uh, no sense that there's a, a, a hidden announcement about to be unveiled here. Uh, but there is a sense that we're going to get some more messaging like we just heard uh, from Mick Mulvaney there that this is uh, a serious issue, they have it under control, but it's you know, not as serious as some of the other things that we've seen around the world in the past, guys. Back over to you. I mean, you know, what bothers me, they don't, this is the kind of thing that really astonishes me. It's 50 million people in the country, not yeah. 20. Uh, the death rate is a little bit higher. Some people feel the death rate from the flu is 14,000. Uh, absolutely, this is much, uh, it's 10 times more likely to kill the, the people who are 80, but it does uh, not that much against younger people. It's a more, it's a more nuanced thing. Uh, I think that he should be worried about the commerce issue. When commerce slows, there will be companies that do poorly. Maybe they could benefit from a rate hike, typically, rate cut, typically not. A biological crisis that then turns into an economic crisis is what they should do. That's what I would really like to hear from uh, the Treasury Secretary really knows business very well, but not uh, just saying, listen, we are monitoring and we're talking to other countries. What I don't understand is why the other why we're not coordinating with other countries. Right. Why? I, I don't know the answer. Um, there are. Yeah, there's plenty of, of questions. People questioning Japan, certainly, and their protocol or totally. lack thereof in terms of letting a lot of people walk around conceivably who were uh, on the cruise, who had the virus, and so right. things. Jim, I wonder, to the extent that this administration for, uh, for the last three years has made the stock market, in some ways, its key report card right. and a reflection of success, something the president has come back to time and again, is there a concern, because I've heard it, that their unwillingness to potentially do something or announce something that would hurt the stock market, even though it might be the right thing to do, will get in the way here? Yes. I'm concerned about that. Again, just have the pros. There's pros. We have a really great CDC. But just say, listen, we're going to listen to the pros. Try to get them measured. Don't have them. Dr. Fauci's been measured the whole time. Right. Remember, he's the man who got AIDS. You know, he got AIDS fixed. No, he, he's, he's, he's measured a total heavyweight at the same time. Right. And yet not saying anything that is. Do, do you believe you know, the Times piece that he's been asked to uh, clear his comments with the White House before saying them? He's a courageous man who will do what's right for the country. And that's all I know. Whether it means violating what Vice President Pence says or not. He's a courageous man. He's a doctor. He wants to help people. I do think that there are countries, by the way, in terms of our rate cut, not as important, there are countries doing very poorly. And they should be doing fiscal, a little fiscal spend. Germany, this is their chance. 
uh, China should sell it. China has what, what 1.1 trillion in treasuries. Why are they not repatriating that? They, look at the they're price up on of it, right? They're doing great. Yeah. Well, they ought to ring the register. They're being foolish, but they've been foolish the whole way because it turns out that they are a second-rate communist regime. You really do like to. I've take been right the whole time about this paper tiger, them, don't you? Yeah. They're a paper tiger. Well, it you know, turns David, out they're really about David, how about, right how about the 50 million people are in the cordon? What is what's happening in the cordon? Uh, the South China Morning Post this morning, I think we still have Eamon, by the way, yeah. has a piece yeah. out this morning that uh, China may invoke force majeure on phase one. There's something we haven't talked about, Eamon, for a couple of weeks. Yeah, administration officials have said that they believe that the Chinese will hold to phase one uh, and that they haven't heard any difference. So we'll see if that changes during the course of the day today. And then to respond to David's question about the administration and markets, I think you really need to look at what the president is saying here. He said this again last night. He's asked about this massive sell-off we've seen on Wall Street uh, so far this week. The number one reason for that that he cites, he said it to me on Wednesday and he said it again last night, is he believes this is driven by the Democratic presidential debates, right? That is the, the first reason he cites. He does say that the virus is playing a role here, but he says that second. Each time he's asked about this over the past 48 hours, he cited Democrats and Bernie Sanders, not necessarily the virus, as his first response. So I think that's where the White House is looking right now. Uh, and that, you know, everything flows from the top in this White House as in any. Uh, and so I think you have to look at that to understand where the administration's head is right now on this. Well, yeah, I'm not hearing that from many market participants. Uh, right. Not that it isn't something that is part of the mix at this point, or the idea, again, the, 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 the lack of any clarity in terms of the virus and what it will do and how disruptive it will be, but if, in fact, it were to extend through the summer or into the fall and right. election season, does that raise the possibility and, and an economic slowdown of significance that Bernie Sanders, were he the nominee, could actually win? Or who that knows? is figuring into people's thinking. However, it is. I think it's, much more No, I think right it's, part of, it's part of the decline. But re let's go back to what Lee Cooperman said. It's happening very fast. And a lot of that is just, oh, interest rates down. Well, that means we must sell in the futures. And so, we, you know, we can talk about where stocks could be. But these people do, you know, there's no uptick rule. And these people go to work like they did in 2008. And that creates nothing to fear but fear itself. Uh, this is an illness. It will pass. Uh, we have no recorded instances of coronaviruses, of which this is one, where you get it and then it goes away and then you get it again. But in this again, country. In our country. We, we lack the clarity of what the Chinese are doing. We should be on the phone to the Chinese every day talking to them. We have to figure out why the WHO, what WHO has really been uh, negligent. What, why have they dropped the ball? And I think the answer is, is that they've somehow become captive to China. They're a little embarrassing. Been, their, their rhetoric has been slow to ramp up, there's no doubt. But they used to be a very interesting, very good organization, and they, I, I, I'm really ashamed of what they're doing. I think the CDC's been good. I, I really hope the president backs off a little. Sure. Uh, the airlines, meantime, uh, continue to cut capacity. Phil LeBeau had that headline earlier this morning and joins us again. Morning, Phil.
Hey, Carl, I know we have the opening bell in a couple of minutes. Let me quickly run down some of the news this morning. United Airlines out with a reduction in its schedule for Japan, Singapore, South Korea. No surprise because of a drop-off in demand. It's also extending how long it will not be flying into China from its hubs here in the U.S., now going out to April 30th. When you look at the airline stocks, they're all expected to open up anywhere between 3 and 4% lower this morning. It brings up the question, and Jim, you touched on this on your show last night, Where's the floor here? These may be well-run companies. Southwest Airlines is a good example. But Hunter K. with Wolf Research, one of the really bright analysts when it comes to airlines out on the street right now, he has a note this morning. He says, it is difficult to find a floor for these stocks on a valuation basis. And that's where we are with the airlines right now, guys, as they bring down their schedules for Asia Pacific and China already cut completely. Do they start doing that for transatlantic routes? That's going to be the focus over the next few days. Uh, Phil, thank you. Um, Jim, to Phil's point, uh, in the past couple of days, Nestle restricting international travel. Now it's J.P. Morgan. The Geneva Motor Show has been canceled. Uh, Microsoft uh, canceling participation in a gaming conference. I I think those stocks should be sold if you need money. I think a lot of people are full up. They own a lot of stocks. Those are sources of fund even down here because they're in what I call the blast zone. Uh, They're down 2 to 3%. That's an interesting opportunity to sell them. Uh, because there's going to be so many other things. I mean, if I can get Microsoft at 125, I better have the cash. And if the cash means I have to sell a fine company like Southwest Air, which is still up a lot from where it was when the president was elected, I would sell Southwest Air. That's an interesting opportunity to raise capital. This is very much at odds with Buffett on Monday. Why? He has a lot of cash. I think many of our viewers are full up. They've owned stocks. So they need to make those sales to be able to buy really high quality, great balance sheet companies uh, where we if things do worsen on Monday, Tuesday, and we can come in and someone notable, say, uh, has the virus, which is going to scare people. But for someone who advises viewers often not to trade things quickly, this is a sign that you think we're going to be living with it for a while. Yeah, well, I just think that there's so many people that don't have the capital to buy ATT at 32 which is such a buy versus treasuries, particularly because things are by road and treasuries. I want them to have the capital to do that. I would much rather have ATT at 32 and it sells some Southwest. And just because, only because people, if you have cash, don't listen to this. You're fine. Then you're Warren Buffett. But if you don't have cash, I want you to be able to buy higher quality stocks. If you're in an oil stock, if you're an Exxon, geez, who would, would you rather buy Apple at 210 or Exxon at at 45. Well, according to you, you should not buy Exxon. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Let's get the opening bell here. Uh, It's good to hear some applause uh, on this Friday morning as we close out. It's obviously been a brutal week at the big board celebrating its recent listing. It's Vertiv, a data center infrastructure, equipment, and services vendor. And just yesterday, Goldman said 2,900, and we're going to open really right there, right below it. I, I just put some, it could be foolish, but I have had uh, 401k money on the sideline. I am trying to get, while I'm on, just before I was on, of course, uh, to find out what I have so I can put a quarter of my 401k over the day, one quarter. Therefore, I'm expecting that things could be worse Monday. But what am I going to do? We had 10 to 1 negative. We're going to have 10 to 1 negative again. 
if Mark Haynes were sitting here, he would say that's extreme. Uh, the late Mark Haynes, I think, had a very good handle. Uh, but I don't have much choice. I think that those of us who have waited and waited and waited, we have no choice but to buy something. We don't have a choice. What are we waiting for? A balance? You don't buy the balance. What about, Put some money here. What about the names? Uh, there's a piece on the tape today about Clorox. The lead is bleach kills 99.9% of germs. Right now, it's beating 99.9% of stocks. Um, you chase it? My chapel trust has a substantial position in Clorox. When we met this morning, I said sell it. Sell Clorox. Sell the whole darn thing. Uh, it's up so much. Uh, but it's restricted because we mentioned it. But, you know, we were fortunate. Ben Odor was on the show. Uh, they have products. I was in a, I covered a, a, when I used to cover homicide, uh, I covered a train wreck, chlorine gas. Five people died instantaneously. Nothing lives through chlorine. Nothing. And that's because it chokes off any oxygen. Uh, but what the heck am I doing with that game? That's foolhardy. So, yes, I wanted to sell it. Now, I can't. I'm a buyer here, not a seller, unless it's up so much like Clorox that I'm just, I'm just not playing with the house's money. Come on. Sell yeah. Clorox and buy some NVIDIA if you want, for heaven's sake. Well, uh, not uh, easy to find anything in the green this morning. Isn't that the an S&P opportunity? Down well, what a great thing. 1.9%. 9.5% now is the loss for the year. This, of course, a huge reversal just from where we were a couple of weeks ago. Well, it's probably not Sailing low enough. Sailing along to... at up 4 or 5% on the year. Remember um, SARS, 14%. Uh, more lethal. But obviously, fewer people didn't get didn't catch it. So, if you want to use SARS as a good example, then you probably want to buy some. SARS was a V-shaped recovery. Uh, we don't know who has a vaccine why, why going on right Netflix now. Netflix in your stay-at-home portfolio. I debated putting Netflix in my stay-at-home portfolio. Well, Strange you say that. Yeah. But I went with Trade Desk because they had just reported a good quarter. So MKM had a similar basket, a little broader. They added Yelp, uh, Activision. Yelp. No one's they even. They added got- Blue Apron. Blue Apron. There's yes. a well, I haven't heard. Okay, I am forever. Jimmy Chill. I will not comment on those other than say Blue Apron. Hope to stay in business. I own a restaurant. Uh, uh, Yelp. Yelp. I mean Yelp. I mean we're not even, we're not even making the playoffs here. Yelp is about going out. It's not about staying. What are you like rating your couch? Hey, you know my couch is four stars. Oh, really? My chair is five well, I'll stars. Tell you what? Netflix. Netflix is up a percent, right? Well, Netflix of the makes five sense. Five S&Pers that are green. Netflix makes sense, and I and I think that some of the programs, right? Like I do want to watch that one for South Korea. Uh, that uh, look what uh, look what they did at uh, AMC. They cut the dividend in order to be able to buy back stock. That is a bold move. I don't want to buy that because I don't want to go to the movies. Uh, but Netflix is no. a good. Good buy to stay at home. AMC's in a tough Zoom. Place. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Balance sheet. Yeah, Zoom balance is sheet remember, a, a lack of attendance. Nation, Live Nation's down 20% in 10 he's days. A, he's yeah. a good guy, but that's obviously the wrong stock to buy. Uh, Zoom is based on the idea that you that you work at home. So even though it's up a lot, Eric Yuan, when he came on Mad Money, said, listen, the phone is ringing off the hook. Now, that's a highly unusual thing. Trade Desk quarter was remarkable. Remember what Trade Desk is about, staying at home and cutting the cord. Those are two very large scenarios. What are the hospitals going to say? They're going to say, could you get Teladoc first before you come in? Because we really don't want you to come into the hospital because it's a bad place to be. Shopify is, oh, I get it. It's a, I get Shopify it. is at-home crafts. Uh, sold, what? I think these even all, if, as we all hope, we avert the worst or even close to it, 
people are still going to be encouraged to stay home if they have any symptoms or even if they've returned from a vacation somewhere oh, the where whole, they were. The whole oh. idea of going to work when you're even a little bit sick is over. No one wants you there. No, no one's going to want to no, see you. No, and we need a memo. All companies need a memo saying that we will fire you if you come to work and we know you're sick because those are people who are doing us no favors. Now, the uh, Harvard School of Public Health, the most bearish person there says 60% of us will get it. Now, 60% is quite a, quite a few people. And there again, that's why I say the Fed, 60%, let's not worry. But other countries really have to start stepping up so their businesses don't go out of business. I don't want VW to be in trouble because the Germans continue to hoard their cash. I want the Chinese to sell their treasuries. And I want Steve Mnuchin to have a behind-the-scenes conference call and then come out and say, listen, other countries are doing the right thing. And if they're not, we're going to urge them to. Uh, and and I, I think that we do have to worry about other co- the businesses of other countries. Are you not worried about, like, a buyer? No, listen, this, a lot what? of this is a result of concerns about slowdowns in economic activity right. in other countries, That's, starting, of course, with China, which, by the way, we still don't know exactly what the damage has no, been it, there. But they have uh, a trillion dollars in treasuries. What are they doing? They have an unbelievable win. Are they not savvy at all? I keep hearing about all these institutions. I mean, look, let's talk about what I would regard. I would have used phony at one time if I had not become Jimmy Chill. The, the idea that the Chinese stock market has barely lost anything. But do we, you know, you have, shares were up for the week yesterday. Yeah, but, you know, I believe that from what I can tell, I, my stepson is a great uh, Chinese scholar. He says, you, know, you have to register with the government to sell. Now, what is that call like? Hey, I got to blow out of a lot of Baidu. Well, I'll blow your head off if you buy a lot of Baidu. Man, well, I, that's metaphorically speaking. I don't think you can. Chi, the Chinese stock market, this is the time when it's clearly rigged. And the MSCI and Henry Fernandez, who runs that great company, has to call them and say, guys, you, you, this is not a real market. Now, I, don't, I was probably luck, reluctant to do it. And I don't blame them. China's a big, big country. But the Chinese, tell me how they've distinguished themselves other than put a, a Leningrad-like cordon around 50 million people. Leningrad, only 2 million, then dropping to quite a bit. And I'm, I never like to conflate that country and what happened in that war. But I've never seen anything like it where you literally can't get out of an area where you know you're going to get sick. That's a remarkable thing. It sacrificed them in order to be able to make it so uh, so Hewlett Packard is able to make PCs. That's a, I, I think that's remarkable. But I re- reiterate that uh, I'm a buyer, not a seller. Right. Because of the extreme oversold nature and I do believe that you have to have All a right, leader so what, get sick on Monday or Tuesday to make it so we go down substantially. Um, I mean, the, the, the reversal, though, has been extraordinary. When, uh, you know, I, when I look but, at Apple down 10% for the year and can remember, yeah, it feels like just a few trading days ago, it was up double digits. But, uh, that said, it's only back to where it was in problem. November. David, that's the problem. Many, that's why I said broadly one, speaking, the market's only back to what, sort of October. But remember, they've gone service um, revenue, but they, they have given up economic gains that were potentially well, forecast coming okay. in October when we were less. OK, how about this? You want to buy 100 shares of Apple? I'm talking about a Robin Hood like customer. I would buy 25. Right here. I'm a buyer of Apple, not a seller. Great balance sheet, doing quite well. Uh, And you know what? Here's my reason. Because there isn't isn't any person in public health who says this won't end at a certain point. So do I have to wait till the day that Dr. Fauci says, you know what? 
I think we've got, or the Israelis, we've got the vaccine. Or that a Moderna in China, they're willing to risk killing people, obviously, to find out if it works. Uh, the Gilead, they're letting let double down on, on. I mean, there's somewhat, we have very smart people. Obviously, I'd like to see a hundred billion, hundred million dollar prize for someone who comes up like sure. uh, like doc, like Dr. Saul well, with but polio. There's, there's the creation of that. And then, I mean, you were the first to raise the idea of drug shortages earlier well, in the week. Milan's the number one loser today, Well, it's going over which, you know, where we've allowed China to make both the ingredients, the actual pills. It's quite frightening. There I am frightened. There's going to be some uh, testimony on the Hill. Uh, I, I went to Dwayne Reed yesterday to get two months' worth of drugs that I need. And United Health has not approved that yet. That level of irresponsibility is shocking to me. I mean, this CDC is asking you to get the medicines you need. So that industry, those, that industry has to get its act together. If they're really thinking about money right now, then Bernie Sanders is going to win. They better take a little longer-term view. Uh, it's a tough, it's a big hill, big hill to climb to, to move that supply chain. point is, I'm not going to mention the drugs, but let me tell you, I don't know whether they, they don't have them because of the Chinese or because the drug, com- the drug companies are being controlled by these health organizations that really have to change their way. I'm urging right now, every health insurer should give people two months of drugs so they don't have to go out. I'm also, again, insisting that people who have not bought anything take a shot. And take a shot is too metaphorical, I know. Well, we're coming off, for now at least, the lows. Chris, we've only been open about 10 minutes. David, let me give you an idea. S&P is is off the lows. But let me give you an idea, David. Yes, There's a company called TJX. It just reported a remarkable quarter, truly remarkable. And, David, after this show, we'll go next door to, to uh, TJX. I'll get you a real shirt and tie. I prefer you didn't, but TJX. Okay, so what is – no, no, let me go wide TJX. What kind of merchandise do they have? Actually, good merchandise. And where did it come from? It came from high-end places. It that, came from people who were levered up and needed to get rid of it. had to get rid of it. Yeah. So TJX, I will go as low as Ollie's. I didn't want to do that because Mark Butler passed away. It was a great, great, uh, a, a tremendous philanthropic man. Uh, but I do believe that you have to start thinking about places like a TJX where they have the inventory from companies that may not make it. There are some very bad balance sheet companies. In retail. Yes. I think that goes without saying. Now, let's take VMware versus Workday. VMware, uh, not a great quarter, uh, candidly. uh, Just not great. Uh, Workday, really good quarter, but not not able to have their big sales meeting, uh, with internal sales meeting. But I, I, I like Workday. They're winning a lot of business. Don't forget, remember Salesforce where Mark Benioff said they've been relatively, uh, really not problem, not bad. Now, I know Keith Block left, and I happen to like Keith Block very much, other than the fact that he's a Patriot fan. Uh, but here we have a stock at 168 that was at, uh, that was at 195 uh, seven days ago, 10 days ago. That, that's, that's very intriguing to me. What do you make of some of the value hunting going on right now among the names that are up? Hilton, Tiffany, Viacom, CBS, and Carnival, all in the green this morning. Well, my charitable trust owns uh, CVS and Viacom. Viacom is uniquely horrible, but we did think about buying it because it's uh, at a certain point. Because it bounced yesterday. At one point, it was up 2%. CVS is now down 17 straight points. They had a very good quarter. Uh, Some people may be concerned about their balance sheet. Uh, Hilton is ill-advised, and the people who are buying Hilton, I hope they're working on a cure because you're going to need it. 
um, yeah, Viacom discovering Netflix all up. Viacom's basically lost uh, one of the other, it lost the entire market cap of Why itself. is that, David? Do you think that's management or do you think it's pixie dust? I think it's concern. Concern what, Doc? Balance The ability of the company to, uh, to grow. By trade desk. And to uh, succeed. I actually uh, bought, my travel just bought it. Let's go over why my travel just bought it. I listen to management. And you know what, David? From what, what company was this? Viacom. Oh. A wise man once told me, sometimes you just get had. Yeah, you've made it more than clear. Yes. Right. About how you feel. Or you could be very much like uh, Andy Dufresne. Uh, I'm the warden. And he's just asked, told me how obtuse I am. Yes. Don't call me obtuse, whatever that means. Um, you uh, talking management? I want to talk a little about HP and Xerox. Yes, please. But not, we can't now, though, because we why have, not? Because we're going to be getting to uh, to Brick Santelli for Chicago PMI in a moment. David, it's a and big. We it's want a, to hit that. So think about it. We'll take well, a look. Wait, wait, just think about it and are like, down, and let's go to Rick. Do, uh, let me do some telepathy. Let's go. Live long and prosper? Yes. yes. All right. Exactly. I got it. It's, I got good it. mo- it's good measure. Yeah. It's something like the great advice. A theme. It's a theme. We are going to get Chicago PMI in a couple of moments. Uh, that's going to be a number. Rick Santelli is going to have it at the CME. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, Carl. And before we get to that, let's look at some charts. If you look at a 24-hour, what's going on in two-year note yields, you'll see we traded all the way down to 90 basis points. That's basically a 40-month low. Should we close here? I haven't closed these levels since November of 2016. If you open it up to October, you can see what I'm talking about. Look at a one week of tens. This is unbelievable, the types of drops we've seen from close to 150 to now hovering below 120. It's been a breathtaking move, a date with history. And if we look at boon deals, currently at minus 62, open that chart and you can see minus 71 is the all-time low closing yield. And even though they have moved more slowly down, they've still reacted as a sovereign safe harbor, but the spread has narrowed rather dramatically to treasuries. And in many ways, that has fueled what's going on with regard to the euro currency. Now, whether it's a rebalancing of Dollar longs this week has not been a very good week for the dollar, but it's been a huge up week for the euro currency and the yield curve, which now currently at 26 basis points is the steepest it's been since mid-January. And in terms of Chicago PMI, of course, this February read will be important to see how the economy, at least from the vantage point of Chicago, was faring before coronavirus. 49.0, 49.0 is our read on February. It's three points better than expected. And in the rearview mirror, we're leaving a very nasty 42.9. That was the lowest read since the end of 2015. So we do move higher. Now the whole game is how much different will the U.S. economy be during and post-coronavirus than it was before it settled in? And that isn't an easy question to answer. The market certainly assumed the worst based on outside forces, but when the data points start to hit in three to six weeks, of course, we'll know better. Back to David, Carl, and Jim. All right. Rick, thank you. I'll take it. What you got there? Uh, let's talk a little HP quickly, a specific sure. news story here, of course, a battle we've been following since it first uh, became public, or even before when we kind of made some parts of it public. Uh, we got a background to the, uh, to the um, 
solicitation is what they're calling it, uh, from HP last night. Uh, this involves their wanting to put out everything that went on between them and Xerox, both that we know about because it was in the public realm, but also prior to that uh, to that offer that was made by Xerox. They put it out now because Xerox itself is expected to come very soon with uh, with its exchange offer, and so you'd need that from HP. Mm-hmm. And Jim, what they've done here is really just taken a uh, knife and I don't know how you want to describe it. They've just come right at them with uh, both guns blaring. I use whatever analogies you want to use. It's it's um, it's just basically saying. You guys are not serious. Uh, and I'll refer to a couple of the different um, things that are in here and differ in part from what we've heard from Xerox in terms of their interpretation as to the back and forth between the two companies, again, before Xerox right. made its public offer. Uh, and Mr. Icon, his role here, which is made out uh, certainly in the early days of August and even in the summer of 2018, to have been a very, fairly significant one. Mm-hmm. Um, September 4th, I'll, I'll refer you to, though. They say there, uh, Mr. Byzantine stated, and he is the CEO of Xerox, and this was a meeting with him and, um, and Dion Weisler. Was Weisler or was yeah. it with, was no, it with no, Chip Berg? No. no Chip Berg and... Not, no Chip Berg. There was no Chip Berg meeting referred to at all in here. Okay, so this when Dion was Xerox, still CEO? Y- yes. Uh, strategically, Xerox's board believes Xerox was out of organic growth opportunities and must either grow through a strategic acquisition or be acquired. This is, again, is what they're saying Byzantine right. said. And that Xerox could try to acquire HP, but the extreme leverage, you know, all the debt they need to take on to make an acquisition, the resulting... Uh, would, of course, resulting potential for a credit downgrade, make it preferable for HP to buy Xerox. And right. so you buy us. And again, they always come back to the big synergies. Icon had been touting, a, again, it, according to this background, as much as three and a half billion in worst synergies and cost savings and just efficiencies they'd be able to have if Byzantine ran the combined company. HP keeps coming back on that in a big way, saying that is not the case, and that HP could not specify a price to buy Xerox, even though they looked like they wanted 42 to 46 without this information. Threshold information is what they call it. And they say on October 10th, Xerox was unwilling to provide any substantive information without an offer that was indicative from HP. That's where things stood. Then Xerox made their move. That's not what Enrique Laura said to me on Mad Money. He said they're happy to talk. Well, they are going to potentially talk. Okay. But one side sees a billion in synergies. The other sees $2 billion that they want to put out there publicly, but a lot more privately. And so the question is how they could ever really come to any sort of agreement. This will go to shareholders, it seems, more what likely a, than just, not. Why are they And it will be up this? to the now shareholders gotta, to make a decision. We have an as economic... They believe Xerox look, when they started... Company, their ability to deliver synergies, Byzantine running it, is superior to the value that, you're, that Mr. Lohr is... When they started this, it was before the biological crisis. Yeah. How irresponsible is Xerox? They're kind of shameful at this point. And by the way, Enrique Lourdes is enough to buy half the company back. I'm not kidding. How could they not reevaluate and say, you know what? In light of this, we're going to be taking down too much debt, and we're going to be doubling down on a declining area. So we're going to wait. That's what you do. Um, you don't. By the way, merger agreements from here, not that that has to do with this, are going to be carving out coronavirus for They're sure. They're comical. That's Banker and Goldman? Xerox? No, no, HP's HP. Bankers Goldman. No, okay, so HP's, HP is doing the right thing, and Xerox is kind of embarrassed. Well, you've been saying that all along. Well, I mean, it was Xerox since the old days, when, in the 1980s, when I actually covered the company. You know, it's been a failed company for a long time. They did sell stuff, but you, you want to be your response. We're going to look back in that era and say, you know what, that was Snapple. We'll see.
Carl, I know we got to get to uh, Bob. Monsanto. Watching 2,900 here, guys, and the VIX uh, still at 42. Let's get to Bob Bob. Down 11 on Apple. So uh, we're off the lows, but not convincingly. So Boeing's down 7, J.P. Morgan down 4. Just want to show you the sectors here because they're all down 12% from their highs recently. Banks is a new low for the KBE. Semis hit very hard. They're worse, down 17% from their highs. But look, utilities, 12% off of their recent highs. REITs. 12% 12% off their recent highs. Consumer staples, 12% off their highs. This is what I call the global takedown of the entire stock market system. Take a look at the uh, capitalization in the United States. There are a lot of questions about how much a haircut we've taken. But here you see the open right here around Europe. Lows there. This has happened a lot this week. Obviously, a lot of selling going on in Europe, but we improve a little bit. And you can see near the lows for the day. Back market capitalizations, U.S. stock market capitalization. Guess what? It's down about 12 percent. The whole thing here. U.S. values, 33 trillion. That's the U.S. stock market valuation. Now 29. That's down four trillion. That's about 12 percent decline. Very similar in the global stock market. The U.S. stock market is about half of all the value of the global stock market. $60 trillion is the global value of the stock market. It, too, has dropped about 10%. This is since the February 19th high, and this includes the entire global stock market. So a real haircut. And what's remarkable is a look at the numbers. Everything is the same, essentially. This is what I talk about, the global's takedown. Just take a look at the next number. Hong Kong, Europe, Shanghai, Japan, United States, everything down 12 13 14% lowering the, the risk overall in the entire environment. Finally, I just want to point out something. A lot of stress this week. A lot of people, same side of the trade. Everybody's been wanting to sell. How has the market structure hold up in the United States? I think pretty well. I didn't see any circuit breakers hit. Individual stock circuit breakers, there were a few, but not that many. I did not hear of any notable tape delays. I did not hear of any breakdowns. Remember, enormous stress. volumes much heavier than normal. I also did not hear of any big ETF issues. Remember a couple of years ago, big issues around the volatility ETFs. Didn't hear of any of that either. Now, this is not a complete review. We've got another day to go through, but overall, systems held up pretty well. I do want to note NYSE sent out a notice yesterday that they were going to have this disaster recovery uh, testing that would be done in March, but that's pretty standard procedure. Guys, back to you. Bob, the great report, but I I want to point out what you just tweeted, that AMLO, uh, President of Mexico, daily, uh, I think that's very wise. I think that he's a steady hand. Yep. News conference tonight, 9 o'clock after the first. Just a steady hand. We want to hear from If you were from Mexico, I do a lot of business in Mexico. It's very reassuring because he's just saying, look, I'm going to come on every night because I think that it's important to show my face. Right. He does a morning briefing every day. I like him very much. I think he's trying. Obviously, the cartel's so tough. Uh, 3M is the only Dow stock that's higher as the outbreak widens. A shortage of respirator face masks has sparked a global race to fulfill those orders. 3M is in the mix, and Siva Modi is four inside. Four-day wait to get them, okay? And by the way, you're buying third party, not from 3M. That's good information. Siva Modi is inside the manufacturing plant in yes. Aberdeen, South Dakota. Hi, Siva. Hey, Carl. Fast-tracking production of the N95 respirator is no easy task, and that's why 3M is ramping up hiring, hosting job fairs, and making offers on the spot here at one of its largest manufacturing facilities in Aberdeen, South Dakota. More than 650 employees are working additional hours, and 3M says they're also adding more assembly lines to meet the surge in demand for these face masks. We immediately ramped up production in this facility. 
Uh, we have capacity to do that, and we've done that immediately. Uh, really from more of a standard five-day week to, to more of a seven-day week, uh, with additional equipment as well that we've been able to, to bring in and turn on. Now, part of the reason there's a shortage in supply of these respirators is the industry's uh, over-reliance on China over the past couple of years. The other thing to keep in mind, the Department of Human Health and Services saying 60% of large-scale pharmacies are currently sold out of these respirators. You go online, whether it's Amazon or Alibaba, you can't get these face masks that are in such high demand. And with no vaccine on the market, experts say medical workers really have to rely on this protective gear to stay safe and to protect themselves from infection. Now, it's not just 3M that is really ramping up production. Other manufacturers, Kimberly Clark, Honeywell, are also trying to meet this really high demand for these face masks. And of course, uh, in a way, their output plays a big role in the speed at which this virus can spread, guys. Back to you. All right, Seema, we'll be checking in with you uh, all morning long. Jim, I mean, from a practical standpoint, should people uh, struggle? Should they fight to get their hands on one of these? Yes, yeah. I think so. Uh, remember, there's two kinds of, uh, you can have the masks that are, those masks, the 3M masks are capable of, of stopping small molecules, which is what this is, unfortunately. Uh, the other kinds of masks are very good if you have it and don't want to give it to others. The, res- the respirator, the uh, Honeywell, is $5,000, and it's, uh, uh, that's the one that is used on a job site. I would not recommend people buy that uh, because that's, you know, that's one the Amazon one. The other ones, I, I think, are good, but obviously not their enterprise, not individual. And uh, let's not be ridiculous. Uh, you know, we, should we all walk around with a 3M? I'm debating that if we have uh, a pandemic that actually strikes here. Well, Amazon told NBC this morning they've removed a million products on their website for faulty claims about protecting you from the virus. Only the 3M has been shown. Now, 3M has many other businesses. And it's a bit like Clorox. You don't want to own 3M for the mask. That would be foolhardy. Uh, do you want to buy the mask? You can go on um, Amazon. Uh, it's third party. Remember, you're not buying it from 3M. Uh, I'd like to think that, that they're pretty responsible and vetted at Amazon, but very orderly if you want to get it. And I personally understand why you would want to. Jim, tonight on Mad? Yeah, um, yeah I've got Alan McKinnon will be able to give us the state of oil, which, you know, I think is just completely abysmal. It should not be bought. Hand and Armstrong about um, ESG, about just kind of climate change too. I'll go for the Atlassian. What is Atlassian? Well, stay at home. It's stay at home and fabulous. And therefore, I think it's really good. Soon enough, there'll be a stay at home ETF. I, I created this morning with my staff. <laughs> yeah. I won't What's get any credit for it. Someone will steal. Stay. Steal it. Mm-hmm. Like they do. They stole Fang. Bunker. Yeah. Bunker. Chef Boyardee. Jim, we'll see you tonight. Our thanks to you, as always, for helping us understand yeah, probably, this this just, week. We have to just be yep. I mean, you buy a little. I don't think it'll be up today, but you buy a little. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager.